the long-awaited part two to my PCOS conversation is here. What can we actually do to get ahead of our PCOS symptoms and live symptom-free for the rest of our life? In this episode, I share the biggest information you need about PCOS, as well as my five tips to manage it. Welcome to the Cyclical Podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and the leading expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. Let's get started. Welcome back, gorgeous friends, to the podcast. So many, many moons ago, I did a part one about PCOS. Today is going to be the part two about all things polycystic ovarian syndrome, but specifically how to live with this condition symptom-free for life. Now, in part one, I talked about all of the biggest myths. I'll link that episode below in the show notes for you if you've missed it, because there are so many misconceptions about PCOS. A quick Google search will reveal all sorts of really disempowering information. And if you've been personally diagnosed with PCOS, you've probably heard all of these horrible myths as well. Myths like you'll never be able to get pregnant or you have to have cysts on your ovaries to truly even have PCOS. So the the simple fact of it is there's really poor education out there surrounding PCOS. And even for women that are diagnosed, often it's basically, this is a lifelong condition. Here's some birth control. Here's some metformin and adios. So it's pretty sad to say the least. We also talked about in that episode if birth control is indeed a genuine fix and if that's something you have to be on for life if you have PCOS. So if you haven't listened to it, it's so, so good. Pause this episode right now. Go to the link in the show notes, click that link, and then come back. So if you're back, hi. (laughs) So in this episode, we're more so talking about now what can we actually do about PCOS? What does it mean to have PCOS? What are my long-term options? If you're unfamiliar with PCOS, maybe you've clicked this episode because someone you know has it or you have some symptoms going on to where you're starting to scratch your head and think, is this me? Is this what's missing in my approach to my health? Let me break it down for you. So PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome is one of the most common hormonal disorders among women of reproductive ages. So it's extremely common. Now, some statistics say one in 10 women are affected by this, but others say up to one in five. So we're seeing that we could go anywhere between 10 to 20% of the population may struggle with PCOS. What's really confusing though, is that they say that it's estimated that less than half of all women are really diagnosed correctly. So what that means is we really don't have an accurate number in terms of who really has PCOS. I talked about this a little bit in the last episode where some people who just have irregular periods are quickly given the label of PCOS, even though they really don't meet all the markers. And sometimes women who probably really do have PCOS are going to their doctors and they're never actually getting a diagnosis. So there seems to be a lot of confusion even among practitioners in terms of who has PCOS, what are the genuine markers, and then what is our treatment plan moving forward. So some of the biggest symptoms of PCOS are things like missing or very irregular periods. These tend to be people that go 40, 50, 60 days between periods. We may have cysts on the ovaries. There may be excess body hair or hirsutism, which is where we yeah, may have little, little hairs coming up on our chin or our chest, or we just feel like we're getting hairier. We may really struggle to get pregnant. We may not be ovulating. We may have some weight gain, especially in the belly region where we have kind of that spare tire look. We may feel like the hair on our head is thinning or we're even starting to show male pattern baldness. Our skin can darken. We can get skin tags. 
and even our skin can get more oily or acne prone. So there's a lot of different signs of a PCOS person, but not everyone is going to fit these exact symptoms. Something that often surprises people is that you don't have to have cysts on your ovaries to be diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, there's a lot of people in the world that are advocating for a, an actual rename of this syndrome because it's quite misleading and it's confusing for people. So to formally be diagnosed by a physician with PCOS, most people use the Rotterdam criteria. And based on this criteria, you just have to present two of the following three markers to get a PCOS diagnosis. So you have to have one, irregular menstrual cycles, two, elevated androgens like testosterone, so this would require an actual blood test, and three, confirmation of cysts on the ovaries from an ultrasound. So you can see you could have irregular cycles and high testosterone, but have perfectly clear ovaries. Isn't that interesting? So you can have PCOS, no cysts. <laughs> I know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. However, we could also just have elevated androgens like testosterone and cysts, but have very consistent cycles. So because of this criteria, we can see how a lot of people may fall through the cracks. So the big thing with PCOS is if it's not managed effectively, you know, if say we're just put on birth control and some metformin and told, you know, call me in 10 years when you're ready to have a baby, things can be problematic. So anovulatory menstrual cycles, so meaning we're not ovulating in a menstrual cycle, often becomes the norm for people with PCOS. And then this is why it can be more challenging to get pregnant, because if you're not ovulating, you can't get pregnant. That's your fertile zone. Um, so it's important to note that while there's the big misconception that people with PCOS are just infertile, they can't have children, instead we got to pull this back a few layers and just say, why don't we focus on encouraging healthy ovulatory cycles so that these women can go on to get pregnant and have their babies. So this is where a lot of physicians in the integrative world say the statement, and I very much agree with it, birth control as a treatment plan for PCOS is lazy medicine. So what that means is we're not a addressing any of the, the root causes that have led to PCOS, but also what a disservice this is for people that may already be struggling with anovulatory cycles. Now we're putting them on a medication that indefinitely cancels out their ovulation. And so obviously, yeah, when these people try to get pregnant in 10 years, it's fair to say there may be more struggle. So it's not the best approach. Hey friend, I'm interrupting this episode really quick to let you know about my cycle nourishing tea. Now, a lot of you ask what my favorite things are to address your cyclical health. And one of my favorite tools is a nutrient and mineral dense cycle tea. Now, because over the years, so many people asked me about this, I collaborated with a fantastic herbalist and together we have formulated my beautiful cycle nourishing tea. The herbs we put into this gorgeous tea blend are all organic, small farm grown in the United States. So there is nothing that even compares to this quality. The link is in the show notes for you if you're excited to take control of your cyclical health and enjoy a delicious cup of my favorite cycle tea every single day. Okay, back to the episode. So when it comes to PCOS, it's important to note that there are actually four different types of PCOS. And even if you've been diagnosed with PCOS, you probably just shook your head and your eyes just probably got big because you're like, what? 
Nobody ever said that to me. My doctor didn't tell me I had a certain type of PCOS. And I know we go in depth into this in my PCOS masterclass where you get to hang out with me for an entire hour and I go through all of this in depth. But in a condensed form, the four types of PCOS are insulin resistance PCOS. This is the most common kind. About 70% of people with PCOS have this type. We have adrenal PCOS, which can be really a blend of high cortisol and stress that cause the adrenal glands to produce androgens. So this is where we start to see those signs of high testosterone, like the facial hair, the acne, or even the thinning hair on the top of your head. There is post-pill PCOS, which this is usually temporary. It usually only lasts three to six months, but it's part of, as you guessed, when we come off of birth control. And then lastly, inflammatory PCOS. So this is really rooted in just a chronic inflammatory response in the body. So like I said, I go way more in depth into these four in that PCOS masterclass. I'll link that below for those of you that are like, give me everything. Um, but it's just fascinating. And honestly, it continues to surprise me that people that are diagnosed with PCOS are not being given this really basic information. Okay, so next I'm going to talk about five of the most important things you can do right now to manage PCOS symptoms. Now remember, they say PCOS is incurable. However, we can live 100% symptom-free with PCOS. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, so number one, the most important thing is to think about blood sugar at every opportunity you can. So remember that up to 70% of people with PCOS have insulin resistant PCOS. And so these people especially are gonna find really great benefit in focusing on blood sugar balance throughout the day. So this is not fasting until noon and then breaking your fast with some sugary thing from Starbucks. This is eating good consistent meals throughout the day that have quality protein, fat, and fiber. Um, there are really cool studies that show that women who ate low glycemic diets and maintained good blood sugar balance definitely saw a huge improvement in PCOS symptoms. Um, this really cannot be stressed enough. And like I said, this is I go more in depth into this piece in the PCOS masterclass because there's so much to blood sugar and how insulin works here and what, what causes insulin resistance in the body. Um, but blood sugar has to be at the forefront of what we're doing. No fancy supplement or whatever is going to work as well as just looking at your basic, basic function of eating, how often you're eating and what you're eating at each meal. So secondly, the next most important thing to do when you're trying to create a holistic support plan for your PCOS is to really create a plan to address the stress that you have in your life. So stress, we know, definitely can create a risk of higher androgens like testosterone. So especially if you're marking a lot of those signs of high testosterone, the stress piece really can't be ignored. So what in our daily life is stressful? Well, you know, <laughs> we live in our modern world, so we're working and we have kids and we have partners and we're driving and there's traffic. Obviously, there are so many small versions of stress and then there are large pieces of stress. So this is an invitation to focus on what you can change in your life in terms of stress. If you are binging some true crime thing every night before bed that totally gives you nightmares, yeah, that's probably not the best plan in terms of stress. Or if when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is roll over and check your emails, that is not conducive generally to you living a healthy, stress-free life. So look at the little habits that you do have and ask yourself, does this make me feel good or does this cause more stress, anxiety, or worry? Third, you can supplement, but if you do so, supplement intentionally. 
So these three tools that I'll um, share here are clinically shown to help manage symptoms of PCOS. So you can consider things like cinnamon, zinc, and N-acetylcysteine. It's also known as NAC. And these really all focus on androgen levels and managing blood sugar. So definitely consider those options. Fourth, look at your exercise routines. If we're already in a stress state, one of the worst things we can do is add on some extreme strenuous exercise routine. But I hear this all the time. I see clients that are extremely, extremely stressed. They're busy. They've got a million things on their plate. And after a super stressful day of work, what they say they want to do is go then to a really intense spin class or crazy workout class. And unfortunately for most of these people, instead what they need is like yoga or walking or maybe even a rest day. So if you feel like your body's in a depleted state and only you will really know that, reconsider something strenuous and opt for something that's more nourishing and gentle. Lastly, don't forget to rest. That's a simple tool and I know some of you are rolling your eyes right now like, okay, Cassandra. But really, if you're not slowing down, if you're not creating good opportunities for rest, if you're not prioritizing self-care, we're working an upward battle. So it really does come down to how you speak to yourself, how you care for yourself. Are you making sure you're getting plenty of sleep every night? Are you making yourself breakfast each day out of love? Are you allowing yourself to rest during your period? What are you doing to support your body? Do you tend to push through and avoid looking at what your body's telling you? Or do you really check in and honor those times when your body is saying, please slow down and rest? Those are really five of the most important places you can start right now to support your PCOS. The link is below for my PCOS masterclass. And if you've listened to this podcast, I've got a little special for you. You can get 30% off with code podcast. So if you click that link below, put in the code podcast, you just get a little sweet treat from me to support you on your cyclical journey. Like I said, that's a full hour long masterclass where we go into the nitty gritty of PCOS why the Rotterdam criteria is not always the best, my deep step-by-step guide to getting a hold of your PCOS. It's pretty epic. What questions do you have about PCOS? If you loved this episode and if this was more information than your doctor or anyone else you know has given you about PCOS, please share it on Instagram. Tag me at menstruation queen and let me know that you loved it. You can also send me a DM on Instagram and let me know if you have any future questions that you want me to add into a future podcast. All right, beautiful friends. Thank you for being here and I'll catch you next week. 